Welcome back to InfoTrack and our host, Chris Whitting. How much time each day do you spend staring at your smartphone? What if there was a more productive use of that time just thinking? The New York Post published an article by our next guest about a recent study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. And our guest is Andrew McDermott, a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. Andrew, before we get to the results of this research, tell us who did it and how they did it. Well, this study was called Thinking About Thinking from researchers in universities in Japan and England. And what they found was there's a lot of research out there on the different types of human thinking, but not a lot on what we think about thinking, especially in the digital age. And so they started out with the hypothesis that people tend to underestimate and underappreciate the benefits they'd get out of just free thinking. And they went out to test that hypothesis. I see. And then what were the results of this test of the hypothesis? They gathered together, I think, over 250 different people. And individually, they had them sit in a quiet room for 20 minutes. No belongings, no smartphone, no watch. They couldn't get up and do anything, eat or sleep. They could just sit there and think. Before they went in, they were asked, well, what do you think this exercise is going to give you? Any benefits? They asked for predictions. And then they measured that against what the participants said about the exercise afterwards. Basically, what they found was a very large and significant increase in the amount of enjoyment and engagement and interest that the participants thought they were going to have going into the uh, exercise. So really, the big takeaway here, Chris, is that we tend to make decisions and choices based on predicted value. And if we don't predict there's going to be any benefit to free thinking, we're going to actively avoid doing it. And those smartphones that are in our pockets, that helps us. It just makes it very easy to do that. But there are actually, in fact, good reasons to just think. Now, I saw some research, I don't know who did it offhand, but it said something like, After five hours of smartphone deprivation, people start to go crazy. How do you convince people they don't need to go to their smartphones? Well, anybody who has tried to come off of something, whether it's an addictive substance or alcohol or or just you name it, it gets harder before it gets easier. And that's just because we are used to doing these things as human beings. We're creatures of habit. We tend to turn back to things and we like it. Our brain likes it. And so to get over that hump is the first major hurdle. But as soon as we're over it, we'll start to feel the benefits. And Chris, the benefits of putting your smartphone away and thinking more, there are several benefits and they start to come to you as soon as you put this into practice. Our guest is Andrew McDermott. He is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. And we're talking about a research study that was recently published in the New York Post in an article by Andrew In your uh, article, you talk about different types of spontaneous thinking. Could you share that with us? Well, there's five different types of thinking that this study looked at. The first is daydreaming. That's our unique ability to alternate between fantasy and reality. And, you know, daydreaming gets a bad rap. We see it in the movies and TV shows, you know, someone not paying attention in class. There's this idea that just daydreaming is a waste of time. But it does, in fact, have value. It's a force in us that can facilitate change. It can make life more bearable at every stage of our lives. It's just one of those types of thinking that does actually have a benefit. Another one is called mind wandering. Some people call this a brainstorm. And this, Chris, is our very own mental space. You know, put aside the idea of the metaverse for a minute. You already have a private, virtual, mental space you can step inside anytime. 
to let the juices flow, the eureka moments will come, novel new ideas. You'll be able to solidify your experience so that you can make decisions, but you got to go there first instead of pulling out that phone and going there. And there's plenty of other types as well. There's future thinking where it's just that. It's simulating your mental future, thinking about the things you'll need to get there. So it involves problem solving in the present. There's autobiographical memory recall which is looking back and getting meaning from the things that we've experienced. And similar to that would be nostalgic thinking, which also has gotten a bad rap in the time that we live in. It actually can be a reservoir of meaning, researchers have found. It brings the past into present focus and increases our sense of belonging in the present. So lots of different types of thinking if we just give ourselves some time to do them. Andrew, for someone listening who says this effective free thinking sounds pretty good, how do I go about doing it? What would you say? Don't bend over backwards. Don't change things too quickly and too drastically. You can start with the two minutes you spend pumping gas, right? How often do we pull out our phones? Even Chris, in the bathroom, right? Where we're pulling out our phones instead of reading something or just contemplating. So two minutes here, five minutes here, a 10-minute walk work up to 20 minutes a day or more where you're actively just doing some free thinking. Be intentional. Don't do it at the wrong moment when you're driving your car or you're trying to pay attention in a meeting. Be intentional. And I would encourage you to keep a record of your thoughts. Get a journal and just write down what comes to you in these moments of thinking. This is you. This is the mental you. And it's tied to the spiritual you and it's tied to the physical you. Because before we do anything, Chris, we have to think about it. So let's give ourselves a chance in this digital age and think more. One of the things that people do, some do well and some do not, is tune into intuitive feelings, their intuition. I would imagine if you're just thinking of your smartphone, you have no intuition working for you. Is there a way that you can maybe encourage that? I would say, you know, your smartphone can bring you a lot of entertainment. And yes, it can connect you to some human beings, but in a a weaker virtual sense. So along with this encouragement to think more, Chris, is this encouragement to get into your inner circle more. Spend more time developing relationships with family members, associates at work, classmates, people who can be your friend and care about you and spend less time in that virtual smartphone world that is going to give you some enjoyment and some recreation, but not the stuff we most need as human beings. So yeah, intuitive thinking, bounce it off other people after you've had a chance to think for yourself, then share it with others, people in your close circle, and then you can build meaning off of that and go with it and do with it what you may. Andrew, do you think we'll ever be able to go back to the pre-smartphone era Or are we like this for the future indefinitely? Or perhaps we'll graduate to uh, chips under the skin that is, you know, a built-in smartphone. (laughs) Sure. Well, I think the tendency is toward more information, more access, and faster. If you are somebody who wants to pull away from that and really get inside yourself and live that inner life that you need that will help your outer life, you're going to have to make that conscious decision. Not everybody's going to do this. I mean, think of the cartoon Wally. I know it's funny, but these humans on this spaceship have forgotten how to walk. They're just being dictated by screens and the visualizations around them to live their lives. I mean, what kind of life is that? So that ultimately is where we're headed, I believe. You know, we're going to have to do very little in the future 
to think for ourselves and to do things. It's going to be a life of incredible leisure and recreation and ease. But does that make it a good life? We need to find the good life. And that means getting back to what it means to be human. Andrew McDermott, a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute, talking about a recent study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Chris, thanks for having me. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.